Three winters ago, I was visiting the home of a close elderly friend. One evening after dinner, I was helping wash the dishes when right by the kitchen sink, I noticed this porcelain angel figurine with the word miracle written on it. I asked my friend, oh, is this new? And she said, no, I've had it for years. I'm surprised you're just noticing it now. Now, I had visited my friend's house regularly over a number of years, and I washed her dishes many times, but I had never noticed this angel figurine with the word miracle until that moment. Later that night, I couldn't go to sleep, and as I prayed, God had me recall the moment I discovered the angel figurine at my friend's house. I sensed his still, small voice say, I am the God of miracles. Don't miss out on the miracles that could be right in front of you. Now, when I first received this word, I really didn't know what to do with it. I knew miracles took place in the Bible all the time, but in this day and age, miracles were not part of the norm, especially in this part of the world that embraced naturalism. I didn't know how to believe or even expect miracles. Much of Israel, around the time Jesus was born, were waiting for a miracle. In fact, they had been waiting for this miracle for over 700 years after receiving Isaiah's prophecy about a child that would be born to a virgin, which would be a sign from God. When the people first heard this prophecy, they might have expected it to happen in their lifetime. But as they continued to wait and nothing happened, one generation after another, they could have become discouraged especially as situations grew worse around them and their land was repeatedly conquered by foreigners. By the time Jesus came to earth, Israel was under oppression by the Romans. And what's worse, the Romans had placed King Herod, an Edomite, in charge of Judea. Herod was notorious for being a ruthless king who killed his own family members whom he suspected of usurping his throne. Gone were the days of a just and righteous king from the lineage of David. Politically and societally, it was a dark time for the people of God and an unlikely time for miracles. But then something happened. Let's read what it says in Luke 1, verse 5 to 7. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. So here in the backdrop of Israelites' plight under Roman impression, we're being zoomed into a particular Jewish couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were righteous people who walked blameless before God, and yet they were faced with a pretty hopeless situation. They couldn't conceive a child, as Elizabeth was barren, and both of them were well advanced in years. One can imagine how discouraged they must have been year after year of marriage when they couldn't conceive. As they grew older and were no longer in their prime, they might have accepted the fact that Maybe having a child just wasn't meant to happen for them. Sometimes, 
When we've been faced with a challenge or a hardship for an extended period of time, there's a tendency to lose sight of hope. We lose sight of our hopes and dreams as discouragement and disappointment creeps in to the point where we no longer hope or dream at all. We no longer wait for the promise or for the miracle. How many of us are weary of all the challenges that this era has brought? Sickness, isolation, loss of loved ones, national division? Living in the midst of these challenges, we too can become weary, discouraged, disappointed, losing sight of hope. But God in His infinite mercy is always faithful to come through, no matter how dark or hopeless things may appear. For nothing is impossible with God. Let's read what happens to Zechariah in verse 8 to 17. Now, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So picture in your mind, Zechariah, a devout priest who has this very personal heartache of childlessness. Yet, despite this challenge, he continued to faithfully serve the Lord. And one day, he is given a chance of a lifetime to burn incense in the holy temple. Back then, there were thousands of priests that served in the temple and they would cast lots to determine their assigned tasks during their appointed time of service. The role of burning incense was considered a high honor among the priests, something that may come maybe once in their whole lifetime if they were lucky. So imagine just how excited Zechariah must have been when his name was chosen and he entered the holy sanctuary where God's presence dwelt. He performs his duties when all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears before him in all its radiance standing next to the altar of incense. The angel Gabriel has come to deliver a word from God. Zechariah's prayers have been heard and Elizabeth will bear him a son named John who will prepare the way of the Lord. Now, while this supernatural encounter is taking place in the temple, Verse 10 says that a large group of people were gathered outside of the temple and they were lifting up their prayers to God. The people believed that the fragrant offering of the incense represented their prayers ascending to God's throne. Little did they know 
that as they were lifting up their prayers, God was already answering their prayers by sending the angel Gabriel to deliver this message. The time had come for the fulfillment of God's promises and the long-awaited miracle of the coming Messiah. You know, what is so amazing about this scene is that in one moment, everything changed for this couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. After years of childlessness, suddenly, upon God's word proclaimed through an angelic messenger, a miracle takes place. They become parents to John the Baptist, who will prepare the way of the coming king. And just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, have you ever had a moment when everything changed for you because God showed up? What this passage shows us is that even in hopeless situations, when God shows up, miracles can happen. For nothing is impossible with God. Soon after this divine encounter, a young girl named Mary also has an encounter of her own. The angel tells her that she's the chosen vessel to carry this miracle that Israel had been waiting for hundreds of years who will save the entire world from sin. And when she questions how this could possibly happen since she's a virgin, you know, I love how honest and realistic Mary is here because she knows it takes two to tango. And she's saying, hey, how is this going to happen? The angel answers that a miracle took place for her cousin Elizabeth, who was now pregnant with child, even though she was barren. And he proclaims this truth over Mary in verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. What may be impossible for man is possible with God. Friends, even when things seem hard and hopeless, when God shows up, Miracles can happen, for nothing is impossible for God. Just as it was impossible for Zechariah and Elizabeth to get pregnant, and for Mary to get pregnant as a virgin, God's still performing miracles today. One example is in the area of physical healing. And at times, it may feel impossible, but I've witnessed this miracle recently. One of my good friends named Gal lives out in Minnesota, she and I went to seminary together, and she's one of the most joyful, animated, hardworking people I know. Unfortunately, she was also one of the many people who tested positive for COVID and spent Thanksgiving alone, sick in bed. It had been a really hard year for Gao. She worked for a Christian nonprofit organization, and the demands of her job led her to a spiritual slump. And now she was hit with this virus, which took her out physically. By the time I spoke to Gal on the phone, she had been bedridden for six days. She had all the symptoms of COVID, dizziness, headache, difficulty breathing. She couldn't even sit upright without falling over. She felt physically and spiritually defeated. Listening to her on the phone, it dawned on me just how hopeless and defeated she was. All the joy and the energy that was once in her voice was gone. And instead, a sad, frail voice questioned if she would get through this. I knew that the only one who could help my friend in that moment was Jesus. So we began to pray. And as we prayed, something amazing happened. I began to sense the presence of God, even though I was over a thousand miles away from my friend. 
The Holy Spirit is not bound by space, geography, or even by technology. That means that the power of God can touch you, even in this very moment. As we prayed, the Holy Spirit led me to pray Isaiah 53 verse 5, that by Jesus' wounds, my friend would be healed, and that starting tomorrow, she was going to feel better and better until she was fully restored. Now, I had prayed for healing for people for many years, but I had never made such a bold statement that someone would be healed. What made this time different was that in my spirit, I knew, I somehow knew that she would recover. It was as if the Holy Spirit had imparted faith in that moment to believe for miracle. When I asked her how she was feeling, she said she felt warmth around her head and neck. And I recalled something that I'd read in books on divine healing. There were testimonies of people who experienced heat and warmth in areas of their body where they were touched by God. Sometimes physical sensations like heat followed and people were healed. Other times, nothing was felt, and yet people were still healed. The next day, I received this text message from my friend. Today, there's a shift in my physical health and in my spirit. I know it and I feel it. The Holy Spirit is moving. As time went on, her symptoms began to subside, and she got better and better. She was able to breathe again through her nose. She regained her strength. She rejoiced as her taste came back. It was the fastest turnaround recovery that I had ever witnessed for someone with COVID. And she is now fully recovered and back to work, energized as ever. Praise God, he's so good. Now, if you or someone you know is sick, you too can believe for God's healing because it's in his word. And even if the outcome is not what we hope for, God is still the healer and miracle worker. You know, the way that God moves is mysterious. Sometimes healings and miracles doesn't take place in the way that we think it should or within the time frame we think it should. Sometimes the healing is healing unto death for a better glorified body on the day of resurrection. And although we may not fully understand on this side of earth how God heals, we hold fast to the truth that Jesus is our healer and miracle worker. I want you guys to know that it wasn't my prayer that healed my friend. I prayed healing for people for years, and not all of them recovered. Some of them even passed on and went to be home with Jesus. Everyone's story is different, and everyone's journey looks different. But for my friend Gal, as she was feeling hopeless and defeated, healing was what God had in store for her in that moment. God's word, infused by the presence and the power of Jesus Christ, healed her body. So what is our response to all this? Maybe you're like me and you're wondering, well, how do I even expect miracles or believe them? I want to encourage you that regardless of where you are in your faith journey, you can respond in the way that Mary did in verse 38, where she says, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. You know, we may not know how the miracles are going to take place, but we can choose to be like Mary and submit to God's word. Because when God shows up, 
miracles can happen. For nothing is impossible with God. All throughout the Gospels, Jesus performed miracles all the time, such as healing the sick, casting out demons, and raising the dead. And yet, as great as all these miracles were, they all pointed to the greatest miracle of all, Jesus himself. In Advent, we are reminded of the greatest miracle by which God became fully human and dwelt among us. He stripped himself of his royal robes and entered into this world as a vulnerable infant. He took on the sins of mankind, and through his death and resurrection, we receive the miracle of salvation. The season of Advent is a time to encounter Jesus, who is not only the miracle worker, but the greatest miracle of all. So what miracle are you in need of in this time? Is it healing for a loved one? Or is it to find hope for a hopeless situation? No matter the circumstances, miracles can happen for nothing is impossible with God. People are transformed. Their lives are changed the moment they meet Jesus. So my prayer for us in this Advent season is that we would encounter Jesus, the miracle worker and the greatest miracle of all. Thanks be to God.